We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans and an assorted bandwagon followers who just are here for the vibes. We know you're out there. Uh, how you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. He says with such pride. Oh, my God. Um, Jeremy Cohen. I don't even have to ask. I don't even have to ask. I see the jersey you're wearing. I didn't know you own that jersey, by the way. I did. It's it's the only one I own. It is uh, manual quickly. Well, I'm not going to keep moving, but no, tr- just trust me. It's an manual quickly jersey. Had to break it out for this one. So um, appropriate. But ask I it anyway. Do. Ask ask the question anyway, John. How are you doing, Jeremy? <laughs> I can't even say. I'm doing great, John. You know, but if there's one word I had to describe it and maybe bring it all home. Especially in this jersey, I'm just I'm feeling cute, man. I'm feeling really cute. <laughs> like everything about this, it's a cuteness overload. I mean, my God. It's it's wonderful. It's just it's just very, you know, it's mignon, as the French might say, but not me. I just I'm gonna say cute. Plain old English. You know, that really is the perfect place for us. First of all, that poor man. Um well, Listen, I, I, <laughs> when you come onto a Knicks pod and you insult what they're building, this is the pushback you're going to get. That's just the way it is. Respect so, to him. I'm glad. He, he made some valid points when he was here. Um, I appreciate the time that he had. But uh, yeah, it was my turn to dish it. I couldn't not do it. No, that's good. Look. All kidding. So for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, um, Giancarlo, I'm actually... I forget his last name. Giancarlo covers the Miami Heat. Uh, does a great job for them. Hosts a podcast, uh, part of the, the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And uh, is very lucky to be able to cover the Miami Heat because the Miami Heat have been one of the model franchises of the NBA for um, really since Pat Riley got there. And you know what? I'll, I'll just I'll say it. If I was a person who had a podcast about the Miami Heat and I went on a Knicks podcast on Friday morning before the this weekend's games i, I I've, I've been known jeremy i don't know if you know this i've been known to say some controversial things in the past did you know that about me once in a blue moon i have heard you say a con, con you know controversial thing or two yeah i i could have seen myself getting on a next podcast and being like yeah it's good for you guys a little pat on the head um i th- <laughs> I think it was really, and he called, he, he got on with Andrew with the pregame pod and he, you know, he, he was actually being very gracious, but he did use a few choice words. And one of which was describing, um, you know, Jalen Brunson's season as cute, but also just like the general tone of like, yeah, wake me when the Knicks do something impressive. And I think it was really perfect timing and having like putting Giancarlo aside who I, it does great work. And I'm, I'm, you know, kidding. Yes. But like, I think. The rest of the NBA before this weekend, don't you think that was 
if you had to ask, like, if you went and it asked any like podcast hosts, as any like try to take consensus of a group of fans, maybe not the media, but like even probably some media, and you were like, okay, really, Knicks have won seven in a row. What do you what do you think? Don't you think most of them would have given you some version of like, yeah, it's, you know, that it's nice, it's fun, right? Yeah, the goalposts keep moving. It just that's just the nature of it. I mean, the thing that's crazy to me is as I was listening to that pod and also thinking about the general landscape of fans, where it's like, all right, yeah, you think a seven game winning streak is cute. Fine. So be it. I'm sure you're not alone. This is their second seven game winning streak at that time of this season. So like cute would be, Oh wow. It it happened once. Like you luck into these wins, but you don't, you, you face the competition that's in front of you. We've seen good teams lose against bad teams. I mean, the Celtics lost three times the magic this year, Uh, like cut to last year when we were complaining, how could the Knicks have lost multiple games to Orlando? They're not supposed to be good. It it happens. You just have to play the teams that are in front of you. And like, yes, as you're saying, if you were to go on to another pod, if you were in that position, you might want to punch down a little bit. I feel like it's probably not the best decision to punch down an audience. So be it whatever uh he and i maybe disagree on that but that's cool it's more just like i I do understand that respect is not given it's earned and when you're trying to get out of the mud of really what maybe 15 of the last 20 seasons is that is that even being generous 15 you're being being 17 um yeah i think you're maybe a little bit closer to that number i I understand why someone might look at this team and say it's a nice run you know like it's cool, but where's the superstar? And yet you have two stars who are playing at unbelievable levels. And yeah, if you're from the outside looking and you're thinking, well, it's going to stop, right? Like it, it's going to, it's not going to keep continuing. And I understand the skepticism. I think if it were a quote unquote smart team, and by that, I mean a team that has a more storied reputation with winning or that hasn't had quite the lows that the Knicks have had it would be more believable. Like if the Knicks were, I don't know, like Denver's not the best example. Like if it were a town where it wasn't quite like New York, Sacramento, like that tier of teams, that just hasn't been able to get out of its own way. There's something to be said of, yeah, they've, they've really cleaned up their act and they're doing well. That's the Knicks don't get that benefit. Um, and Jer- we're talking about this in, just really quickly. We're talking about this in the yeah. uh, KFS group chat where yeah. I was I felt like, yeah, you like it's great to have this representation of people like Kendrick Perkins saying, look at the Knicks. They're awesome. And other members of the media sticking up for them. I was just thinking about how many of these teams also have someone with a loud enough voice who punches down on his own team. This being Stephen A. Smith, where it's like, oh, my God. it's cool. It, right, but but that, and that's we can all look at Stephen A. Smith and say, like, that's absurd. We don't take him seriously. And that's true. But it's still he's still an influencer. He's still adding to a discourse that we're trying to say this is a really good team and we're having fun and no one should tell us otherwise. I don't really care if people are upset uh, about Knicks fans celebrating a regular season success or like, you know, winning streak, or even if it was just the previous game or the game before that or the game before that. It doesn't matter. There's so much in this world that's just stressful, unhappy, uh, rough. And we take joy in sports. So why is it that we can't? finally use a form of escape for celebration and not for uh, punishment of any sort. Or um, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm really happy. That's the bottom line. And I'm feeling cute. (laughs) I feel pretty. Oh, so pretty. I was thinking of the trading places quote. uh, Looking good. uh, We're feeling good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's that's us. Uh, Three things. One, Stephen A. Smith is an entertainer, and uh, if you are entertained by him, uh, Godspeed. Uh, I don't really care what he says, but you're right. He is an influencer, and I actually... He's almost moved into this position now where he's like playing the foil, and him taking whatever stance he's... And I'm vaguely familiar with the stance that he's taking. um, Like It's almost amplifying the the positive vibes because he kind of sounds so so ridiculous at this point that's number one number two as far as enjoying the moment and be it being okay to enjoy the moment the sacramento kings all season long have been uh was it lighting the beam right which is awesome 
And that's great. And it's so cool that they get to do that after every win and the fans love it. And like the team seems to be rallying behind it and the whole thing. Uh, no one, I don't think, has said boo about that or them doing that. They did. Uh, but they did initially for whatever They worth. did? Okay. And yeah, I stand corrected. Because the Kings started 0-4. And, and now look at them go. And now it's a fun thing that they get to do. Yeah. So like, but the point is, I, like, you're completely right. We, like it's sports. If you're if you're not enjoying sports, then what are you doing? The biggest thing, though, you nailed it, and I hadn't even thought about it. Yes, it's the twenty plus years or whatever you want to say, it's fifteen out of twenty or seventeen out of twenty or seventeen, out of, whatever your math is. That's a huge. That's a huge part of it. But you said a word smart, right? You were like a smart organization. This is a team that is. Still owned by James Dolan, who we're not going to get into a James Dolan discussion, but his reputation around the greater, you know, NBA fan sphere is what it is. Okay. They're run by Leon Rose and World Wide West, who are two people that never had any experience running a basketball team before they came here. They're coached by Tom Thibodeau, who, put, putting what I may think about Tom Thibodeau aside, has kind of become a sort of punching bag in his own way, right? Amongst NBA fans, like with the articles that have been written about like the however many stages of Tom Thibodeau and this and that. And it's like, so there's that. And then you have the roster, which is like the bid three Julius Randall, like has a rep, you know, amongst NBA fans about like, Oh, you know, it, it, he's yeah, but he's going to, you know, cave at the, at the, like all the, all the things. Like, and it, Nick fans, we're complaining about the same stuff too, but even like RJ Barrett, even like Jalen Brunson, hundred million dollar contract for a guy who was perceived, you know, by some people, even before the summer as a backup, like all of these things from the top all the way on down, I think play into the perception that people have. Um, and then, but when you put that up against the numbers, <laughs> And the data, which I know we care about, and I, I think a lot of Nick fans care about at this point, it just doesn't compute. And there, you could say what you want about all of the different components and whatnot. The, the data is what it is, and the data says what it says, which is that this is one of the elite teams in the NBA. And now it's gotten to the point where we don't even have to rely on the like the the, the plus minus and the and the net rating and all those sorts of things. It's just how about this for data? To, to quote a, a former Knicks coach. Um, <laughs> Wins and losses, <laughs> you know. And my axe. That for- <laughs> yes, I forgot my axe on this yeah. on this podcast. That's a bad job by me. I should have brought the axe. Um, no, it's just wins and losses, you know. And uh, there, it's not just this streak, but the, the streak certainly helps. And when you add it all up, um, it is real. I, I think this. I think, and and that's what I've, I. There's a very very long winded way of getting to what I think the main point is, which is that I think this weekend solidified for a lot of people what maybe some suspicions had been, which is that, yes, this is a real team. And the fact that there are conversations going around, you know, the likes of Bill Simmons, who like, say what you want about Bill Simmons. But again, talking about guys who are influencers, guys who carry weight, for him to go on his pod this morning and like have an open conversation with Ryan Russillo or be like, wait a minute, can this team like, can they like go to the Eastern Conference Finals? Like, are they a threat to do like real things? Like that... That's where we're at now, which is, again, I keep saying the same thing week after week. It's wild to me. It's wild. Yeah, we're in that conversation. And, you know, the thing that I love about our weekly pods is we can kind of zoom out from each game and just take it week by week. And even then, I'd like to take an even further step back because we're experiencing euphoria right now. I agreed with what you were saying. We're like this, it feels earned. Everything that's going on, it's a homegrown team for the most part that is also being propelled by players who wanted to be here. Who Julius Randle, who wanted to take less to build something here. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Brunson, who wanted to like we could talk about the narrative before was like Leon Rose just wants to pay his family. Well, guess what? His family happens to be really freaking good at basketball, and that's okay. <laughs> we'll take that. But if you then zoom out even further like six months ago we were talking about donovan mitchell and then a lot (laughs) right and then he didn't get traded to the knicks and then like what maybe four months ago 
we're having conversations on like collateral damage that might uh, be caused from that. A month later, we're talking about is Tom Thibodeau going to get fired? Uh, you know, this West Coast trip, he's it always felt like he was one loss away from getting canned, um, not believing in, in Julius Randle. Uh, you know, RJ is struggling a lot. And it just, everything started to mesh with time and patience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get a shrewd decision here, taking out Derek Rose in rotation. Um, mm-hmm. You remove Cam Reddish, maybe, you, you know, obviously somewhere in the middle or before that was Evan Fournier taking a step back. And you just kind of let these things unfold. And I know that we as fans live and die for every game, but it's just amazing to me to think about how when you take that step back, this season has really, it wasn't all great, but it's that ascent that makes it feel all the better. And I think that this past week being the rivalry week, and going four and zero, like we did our predictions, I would have signed up for the two and two that you picked. No. I picked three and one because I was hopeful that they would do it. I, if you had asked me, they're going to go four and zero. I would have said no. I I, <laughs> I just don't believe it. Not because I don't believe in the team, but because no, I believe that yeah. other teams are good because they it's had to. Kind of, it is and <laughs> right like. I was at the game, the first Celtics game at MSG, and there were Celtics fans everywhere. My entire section was just filled with Celtics fans. And I, truth be told, I almost, maybe like a month and a half ago, I floated the idea to myself, like, maybe I should sell this, sell the tickets because like, I don't, I just don't want to go to the garden and watch the Celtics run over the Knicks. Like, it, I just, mm-hmm. I don't want it. And I didn't. I decided, no, no, I, I want to go. I have the tickets. I've never seen Tatum in person. I'd like to okay. see that opportunity. And I went. I had a blast. They won. It was great, taunting Celtics fans on the way out. It was perfect. There was a was maybe a teenager sitting next to me. I didn't say anything to him, but I clapped really loudly when I had to. <laughs> Listen, whatever. I had a couple of drinks flying through me. We've all, most of us have been there. We've all been there. Um, and it was, a, it was a great win. It was a stress-free win. It was nice. And I thought, like, maybe this isn't the win of the season, but it's up there. Like, the list of quality teams that the Knicks have beaten is slowly, not slowly, actually, is quickly going from, no pun intended, one hand to another where you can count them. Can I then, tell you real quick? I yes. had missed the first two post games because uh, I was still on vacation. And I was coming back for the Celtics game. And just to, to not leave you stranded on an island where you're like, I don't want to see them get railroaded. And that was you a month ago. As I was watching the post games for the Washington game and the and the Pelicans game, I was thinking to myself, man, I'm going to come back and do the post game and they're going to lose because I'll, I'll be, I'm going to come back to because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. no, because there was still that because there was still that fear that like, look, the Celtics are really good. Like we beat them last time. Well, you know, this is their opportunity to get it back. And it's sorry. I, I had to just share that. No, but I, I hear you. It's not about viewing the Knicks as, poor at least not within the last couple weeks or three weeks it's more about viewing these other teams that are really good just as that good and then of course the nets was and they destroyed them they 47 points in the first quarter and just obliterating them and that felt good you want to beat up on that type of team and granted the nets beat the celtics a few days later and then you have the miami game which to me I would certainly hope for those who still felt a little bothered by the sins of Julius's past, by the thumbs down, by everything that happened last season, that this eradicated it at the very least, that we have at the very least started from neutral. If like for the people who are still out on him, that's my hope. Because I mean, that, that shot, that game like that to me was, this is going to be the best game of the season. Like this, not that this team is peaked, but in terms of like how no. dramatic that win was, yeah. you can't get much better than Julius Randle going off and hitting a three pointer that of, of a ball that he almost lost that he almost kicked out of bounds that Jimmy Butler almost stole. That was a broken possession where he's not a clutch player, all these things. And he just splashes a three and puts his hands up. Like he's Ewing going to the finals. Uh, it just and running over tips in the process. and running over tips in the process. Um, <laughs> And you're thinking, all right, that was great. That was awesome. What a win. I can't fall asleep after that. And I couldn't. And you were working your post game and had other stuff to do with the newsletter. So you probably couldn't either. And then you cut to Sunday 
and Brunson's not playing. The Celtics have revenge. You're back in Boston. It's a double overtime game that Emmanuel quickly propels the Knicks to a homegrown player that we've always, you know, not no shade on RJ, but like this, it's just RJ had the expectations coming into the league and quickly it was very different. It was like an end of the first round player, someone who creeped in from the second round, rightfully so. And he was just phenomenal. And and John, I got to tell you, I have watched that Horford attempted three, two dozen times. And oh. every single time I have watched it, I, it's like it was a car crash. Like I couldn't look away. Yeah. Every time I've watched it, I'm conditioned to thinking he's going to hit this. And yeah. I know he's not going to hit it because I saw the game <laughs> live with my very own yeah. eyes. And I yeah. keep rewatching the play and I just, I can't believe it. And it's a testament to just how good the Knicks team was where that whole game, they found a way to win. So that is my long-winded way of just saying this was an amazing week and I couldn't fall asleep after last night's game either. And um, it's just the regular season, but it feels like the start of something really special for the next few years. And um, it's just awesome to see. It's it's you, remarkable. You need to start somewhere. And um, yeah, there are exceptions. The 99 Knicks being one of them uh, where they're somewhere where they started was when the playoffs started. And actually that's not even accurate. They started, they really got started about two weeks, two and a half weeks before the playoffs began. But there's a difference in that that team, even with the relatively recent additions of Latrell Sprewell and Marcus Canby, uh, that team had a lot of sweat equity together. You know, um, obviously Patrick Ewing, but also like Alan Houston had been there for a while. Larry Johnson had been there for a while. Like you can maybe pull that off if you're that type of team. This team is new together for the most part. Mitch has been here. This is his fifth season. RJ and Julius have been here. This is their fourth seasons. And then Emmanuel quickly, and Obi Toppin, and I'm sure I'm probably forgetting someone else. Been here now uh, three years, but like Brunson, new. Grimes, relatively new. Josh Hart, obviously very new. Hardenstein, new. So like it, it, it does feel pretty new. Um, and you need time and you need experiences. And like one of the last thing I'll say, and then we'll get to the personal injury report, um, which is kind of feeds into this. You know, one of the topics of conversation today that I noticed on Twitter, somebody actually asked me, I think tagged me in a, a or, um, uh, um, or, yeah, uh, with, are we peaking too early? And like, I don't know the answer to that question. I'm not sure it matters. And the reason is because if you're a Knicks team that doesn't have the, 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 the hasn't been through the wars in like the playoffs or anything, like going through this now, can only help going through these battles and coming out on top, especially when earlier in the season you went through some of these battles and God knows you did not come out on top. And there was this team up until, I mean, like a month ago was defined by their inability to come up big in big spots. Think about that and think about how that much that has turned around. Um, it has been something to behold, uh, which is a good transition um, because well, I think, the, the personal injury report this week focuses on, on Jalen Brunson. First, let me um, remind everybody who our presenting sponsor is Weiss and Rosenblum. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. Um, We don't. So Weiss and Rosenblum, they get all the information they, they need uh, about injuries. We don't have a lot of information right now on the Jalen Brunson injury. All we know is that it's an injured foot, a sore foot. Um, it's a different foot slash, 
ankle, lower body appendage, whatever, than the one he twisted in Miami um, on Friday night. So again, we don't really know where it came from. We don't really know anything about the severity of it. All we know as we're sitting here recording this at 7.30 on Monday night is that he's once again questionable. Um, My question to you is, do you think... This is going to sound a little ridiculous because, like, again, we're sitting here talking about an injury that we don't know the severity of, and we're kind of making assumptions. But do you think there could actually, this could actually be a positive in in two ways? One, not that they haven't shown already that they could win without Jalen Brunson. They've had some outstanding performances earlier this year without Jalen Brunson. They beat the Heat without Jalen Brunson. They obviously should have beat the Mavericks without Jalen Brunson, and it took a one in you know thirteen thousand thing. To happen for them to lose that game, but like so, it's not like they haven't been able to withstand his loss before. But to further cement that, and also, and this bleeds into the next conversation about Emmanuel quickly to do it now in a way where Emmanuel quickly is stepping up and like kind of performing like a star, not kind of performing like a star in Jalen Brunson's absence. And then there's the other part of it about like Jalen Brunson's getting a little rest. So, like, for all those reasons, I'm I'm wondering, like, again, with the caveat that we still don't know the severity of the injury, hopefully it's not a big deal. Maybe not the worst thing in the world. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't want to ignore the Hornets because I feel like if you overlook them, that like that could be a trap game. That's, that's the sort of thing. But it, there is something to be said of, like, all right, if Jalen Brunson could go, and the Knicks don't play him and they do have Emmanuel quickly in his place and they have Deuce McBride seeing more minutes than just a little bit of a rotation in the first half uh, in the Boston game. What's the harm? What's the harm in him waiting to go for Sacramento? With that said, he is a gamer. He has toughened out a lot this season when necessary, especially with his hip. So if they feel he's ready to go, I trust the medical staff. I feel that... that if, if that's the move they want to make, then that's the right move. Um, I'm not going to say it's the right move to like hold him out, but but yeah, if he's not playing, I think you could certainly take positives away from that where you're giving someone like quickly an opportunity to step up once again. Um, like I said, you could get McBride in there. You have more minutes that could be distributed in that case. So um, that's the beauty of this team. There, there's so much depth that it's really just the next man up. But I will say for... Julius's standpoint, it definitely would help to have Jalen back in there because yep. as great of a week as Julius had, I mean, he's Eastern, Eastern Conference, Conference Player of the Week. That's it. Yeah, Eastern we got him out. Of the week. Here we go. Um, it, you could tell towards the end of the game that, and I don't mean this as any disrespect whatsoever to IQ, Brunson does a really great job of settling Julius in a way that's like kind of setting the table. And IQ was working with him. You could see them communicating and everything, but it'd be nice to not just have IQ and Julius. It'd be nice to have IQ Julius and Jalen Brunson out there. So if there's a way for them to all be healthy, would love to see it. Yeah, uh, for sure. I thought it was funny. I thought, I thought it was cute that uh, Julius Randall, I don't, I think he was joking after the game about like, uh, I might give that whole load management thing. Another, another look after this, <laughs> he was, after yeah. the Celtics game. Yeah, I think he was joking. Yeah. Um and and to that end and and maybe we'll talk about him in game ball, but like I have to think that there is a lot of pride if you're if at stake, not at stake, but like because that implies that like you you lose your pride if you like sit out a game, but like he's now 60 what are we? We're 66 games into the season, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think because they have 16 games left. So, it's, okay, 60, yep. 60, 66. There you go. Um, he hasn't missed a game in 66 games. And I don't know what the exact number of players in the league that have not missed a game. Uh, it's it's certainly under 10. And I want to say it's like around five. Um, I know Macal Bridges was one of them. And I don't know how that works because he got traded and like missed it, whatever. But like, it's a short list. And the guys that have played all the games, uh, I know Anthony Edwards is one. I want, but I don't know how many other ones like have taken on as large a, you know, a load as Julius has. So I, I, I think, you know, good job by him winning Eastern Conference Player of the Week. I think it's maybe a little bit of a, a, you know, recognition of the fact that like he just goes out there and he suits up every game, 
And, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he wanted to make a go at at least appearing in all 82. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Okay. One more thing. I just wanted to, yes. So with this injury report, which is great, I love talking about it. We always, and it, it makes sense why we focus on the physical injuries a lot. And I've just been thinking this week. Um, and it was interesting because you, I really appreciated what you said on the pod where you took ownership and said, I lost the human element somewhere in there. And I, you know, like that resonated with me as someone who also felt, listen, I think there's just an opportunity for Julius to be elsewhere. I think a divorce would be right. It it didn't happen. And I'm really glad it, it didn't happen. But I just, I don't know. I was thinking about the fact how if I were in his shoes with how last year went down, I wouldn't cope. Like I can't handle that. I am, I'm not, I'm not strong enough, just emotionally, mentally, certainly not physically because I'm not in the NBA. (laughs) Just, it's not the sort of thing that I could handle. And I have just been thinking about like, I'm fine, but in my personal life, my professional life, there have been more changes in the last six or so months than I have am accustomed to. And I get to go through it on my own. I get to work through it. And like I said, doing fine. To be in Julius' position, I couldn't even imagine. The money, the fame, all, it doesn't matter. Like, he, still, he still has to show up for work, be disciplined. Not, not disciplined in terms of like disciplinary action, but like he has yeah. a work ethic, all these different things. And I think to, to kind of harp on the question, or like to go back to what we were saying before, what makes this season feel so special for me as well is how bad last season was put even more into perspective how good this season feels and how good it feels to root, to continue rooting for Julius. I mean, it's not like I was rooting against him. It's just, it's different now. It's, it's purely different. And like you said, I'm, I'm so happy we get to experience him on our team and that he's feeling joy and he's found a position where he needs to be. I'm sure there are going to be fans who say, well, it has to show in the playoffs. And I agree. Listen, a big part of that season it fizzled in the playoffs and that was disappointing. This is more sustainable, but yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I wanted to, to talk about that because I I, I I appreciate you you bringing it up because it's just, I'm I'm just really happy for him too. I don't know if it's too much to be like, we live in an era where if you are, if you're not happy (laughs) with how everything's going, I don't want to say in our day and age, you're encouraged to like, like I don't know how you, you're younger than me. So you'd be better off to speak about this to me. But my, my feeling is that the, the, whereas once upon a time, it was like tough it out and battle through it. Now it is more like, no, 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 don't, don't subject yourself to that. There are other healthier ways to go about it. I think when you're a professional athlete under contract, with a team, you don't have the ability. If the team wants you to be there <laughs> and they're not going to trade you, then you got to like, you got to figure it out. Right. One way or the other, um, you know, so, but, and to m- even more of his credit, and I think this goes exactly what towards your, towards what you're saying, even having underperformed last season to the degree that he did, he still had the opportunity to be like, get me out of here. Like trade me like bad players who are coming off bad seasons could still make trade demands, you know, Um, and by all indications, he never even thought about doing that. So all the more credit to him, Um, you know, and it it has been really great to watch. And it's, you know, if New Yorkers are defined by their resilience, I mean, show me another, you know, a more resilient guy than Julius Randle. Uh, Okay. Um, This is fun. We'll do this brief essay question here. For this week, before we go uh, game ball and and detention, although I think we're going to skip detention for the second week in a row. Um, Our essay question. This is, I think, I'm going to give a brief answer and then I'm going to cede the floor to Mr. Cohen. Um, What do you think the number to extend Emmanuel quickly will be, given that he is now the sixth man of the year front runner? Um, I am. Here's where I'm at, Jeremy. I can't believe I'm saying this. I am at the point of wondering 
whether the next contract starts with a one. I knew you were gonna say it. And <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at last because again, like you know, NBA finances are always kind of changing and adjusting. And I'm looking at the four contracts, the four sub max five, excuse me. Five sub max rookie extensions that were handed out last summer. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe these were the five. Jordan Poole, four for one. It was what was one twenty guaranteed or whereabouts? Something. I'd have to double check. I think it was it was a bigger number, but it was the, for the, the guaranteed, it was about four for one twenty. Yes. Um, Tyler Hero, four for one thirteen fourteen guaranteed. Uh, Mr. R.J. Barrett, four for. Uh, 107 guaranteed. Um, Anthony Simons, four for 100. That was full, gar- fully guaranteed. And then DeAndre Hunter, four for um, 90, I believe, was mm-hmm. gar- fully guaranteed. Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> again, I, I, I sit here. I'm going to say the words I'm going to say. And as I'm saying them, I'm like, am I really saying these words? And yet, I think I kind of have to say them. Has Emmanuel quickly been better than all? I mean, all five of those guys this season in terms of impacting winning basketball, not taking anything off the table. Anthony Simons, wildly gifted offensive player, a defensive liability. Jordan Poole can be an incredibly gifted offensive player when he's on, um, has not been so much this year, some inconsistency and defensive issues that prevented it from being on the floor in the finals last year. Tyler Hero, I would, I guess you could argue had, has had the best season out of all of them because I think offensively he's had a really, really, really good season. But again, there's defensive concerns there. Um, uh, who, who didn't I mention? RJ, I don't need to talk about RJ. We know what RJ has done. And then DeAndre Hunter is kind of just like, again, prototypical big wing, supposed to be able to do all the things you need him to do. Has he popped in a significant way? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Those are the five non-max rookie extensions last year. There's one like, more, again, by the way. Which are the other two that I'm forgetting? Uh, well, one more I can think of, which is uh, Keldon, my name is Kendall oh! uh, Johnson. Four for 80, excuse me. Yes. Four for 80, yes. Again, good yep. player. Um, has taken a big usage jump this year. I think maybe the biggest usage jump in the league. And with that usage jump uh, has come a commensurate commensurate. Uh, drop off in uh, perhaps his effectiveness. Who's the other one? Who am I forgetting? No, I think I thought that was it, but I'll I'll look back oh, at the okay. 2019. Draft no, I think that I, I, I think that's it. Um, so yeah, the, the the floor is yours. I don't know if I said anything that you d- strongly disagree with, but that's kind of where I'm at. Um, hold on, I'm just looking one more time to see, but I think that's pretty much everyone. Uh, Brandon Clark was. Um, uh, in the, in the that range that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's, yeah, he's well below that. Yeah, that's... that's oh, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., but that's a weird contract Again. because it's first year's guaranteed still, and the other aren't. But. Still, but the, I mean, this, this weren't saying. Again, it's an essentially a year-to-year contract. It's still a $20 million a year contract for a guy that, like, I think a lot, there are people around the league who are like, you know what the Houston Rockets need to do to fix things? get Kevin Porter Jr. off their team <laughs> and he's a $20 million a year player. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, uh, anyway. Okay. So this is, I love this because this is how our brains are different. Okay. You go for, does it start with a one? And I go for, is the contract going to ascend or descend? Which <laughs> when paired, when paired together, we it's the whole kit and caboodle. Um, I do agree with you. I think it's going to be starting with a one. Uh, okay. I have a I have a theory, and I you know it could either be proven correctly this summer, it could be proven incorrectly this summer, or it's not proven at all. Uh, which is that when a player is signed to an extension that increases, they are more likely to be dealt. Whereas if a player is signed to something that are decreases, they are less likely to be dealt. Um, of course, the Knicks extended Mitchell. Well, they re-signed Mitchell Robinson on a descending deal. They extend RJ Barrett on an ascending deal. Throwing that aside, that's just something I have in the back of my mind. For quickly, the way I see it is I would like to see him on a descending contract, but I see it as he is 
what what is the argument for him to make under that? Is it because he's not starting? Because if he's closing games, and if we're saying that's what matters the most, yep. and it does, then that's I mean that's warranted. The real question I have, and listen, the cap goes up. We know this means that salaries inherently go up. That's just basic inflation. Jalen Brunson signed for, I mean, we can call it four years, $104 million. He's opting out of that fourth year. It's really like three years, 78, but let's just say four years, $104 million to make it cleaner. I suppose the Knicks could pay Emmanuel quickly more than that. With that said, are they going to like, there's somebody said of RJ being a starter, making a hundred plus million. You, the Knicks wanted to extend him. That's how they operate. And typically if they don't extend you, that doesn't bode super well for your future as a Nick. Although like, like maybe that's just Cam Reddish. Maybe that's a different story in my mind. We'll also see with Obi. Um, just curious about how that unfolds, but that's I, I do I do see where you're coming from where it's like it's not that a man quickly isn't deserving of a huge payday. It's are you really going to pay him more than Jalen Brunson? And so I can't help but wonder if it'll top out around where, you know, like Hunter is making ninety million dollars over four years, that sort of thing. And again, um, what Hunter would make the following year versus what quickly would make would be. Hunter would be making more than $90 million guaranteed. But I would like to see quickly get signed with a large contract with incentives that include all NBA, uh, all defense. And the crazy part is, even if the all defense uh, is considered unlikely as a bonus, I think that it could very easily hit. Uh, you know, like you, oh, you, oh, it could right, hit. like that's thing. Uh, you tweeted something about quickly earlier. And then DJ Zulo uh, said something about how like he plays like he he does something like defends like a seven year vet. Seven year that's vet, what he yeah. said. And it's like I saw that and I thought like it's so wild that he he plays like a seven year vet. And I totally agree. But he also plays with the energy and the joy of a seven year old. Just great. And you you pair them together like how he was still that's out great. there, like just the energy that he had after fifty five minutes. And like, I'm not that much older than him. And I was exhausted after watching that game. So the idea that it would happen where he's just like, yeah, I could play another game. Like after this, that's, that's totally fine. Like that's yeah, that's fantastic. So, um, you know, it's funny the conversation. Yes, please. Four for 96. I could, I could see it, especially because here's the thing, right? We know that narratives, I don't mean this in a negative way, but like it's important to have, have like have a number out there, right? Like for Brunson, it was important to have um, nine figures in that. I think it's for, I think, I think you're right in terms of like that four year, $96 million guaranteed range. But with I think with the incentives, it's going to propel him over to a hundred. And um, why not the, uh, it's the Julius incentives was games played plus playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Was part of the Julius incentives and Hardenstein too. Was, uh... Hardenstein's also playoffs. Playoffs, okay. So they have a history of this. Um, so you know, we'll see. Um, I am. I was just best thing I've heard all week is um, from Ian Begley when he was like, "I would be surprised if the Knicks did not," you know. I forget what is he essentially, you know, was saying like he'd be surprised if the Knicks didn't lock him up this summer. Which yeah, and I awesome. I have to call time out because I know that we as fans love our players. We want to keep them. They're here. They don't. We don't want them to go anywhere. I can't fault the Knicks for just doing due diligence in terms of understanding what his value is. That's that's just. It seems like that's what they wanted to know. They want to know how they could value each one of their players because. In the event that something happens, they just wanted to know. It doesn't mean that they're looking to usher this player out the door or whatever it is. They just wanted to know. And I'm glad that it seems like, you know, it every time we keep talking about it, where it's like, it started off where I was saying, yeah, like you figured out in the offseason. And then maybe a month ago, I felt like, yeah, quickly is available, but the price is so high that I don't see a team even being able to meet that. 
And I know we're riding the high of this last game, but I mean, I'll, I'll just say it. We've moved even further into the point. At least I feel we have. I'm sure there are other fans who felt we've been in this spot where it's just like, no. There are very few players in this league that are untradeable, untouchable. I'm not saying quickly is untouchable, but I'm at the point where it's just like there's, there's just no reason whatsoever at this point in time to move him. Uh, because I, if we're looking at the yeah. realm of, of possibilities of like, quote unquote, stars and superstars who are available, there is no one in my mind. I'm not saying quickly is a superstar or anything of the sort. It's just there's no one in my mind who can replace exactly what you would lose with him, which is someone who solidifies your bench, who should be starting, but is is uh, again, like what, what Tibbs was saying, like he's a starter in a bench role, so to speak, where like he's closing games. There's a reason he's there. He's so much better than the role he has. Uh, and again, I, I don't mean that in a, in a, a shot at Tibbs or anything. It's just, he happens to be on the bench and he is a starter and that's, that's fine. Cause he's closing games. Like I've said, he's doing a great job. He deserves to be in that conversation. What you lose by dealing him. I, I don't, again, I just don't know how you replace it. You know, this is obviously it's it's about the valuation. Like, would would you trade Emmanuel quickly for Luka Doncic? Yes, that that's not, that trade is not on the table. Right. Uh, amongst the trade, amongst the realistic trades that could possibly potentially be on the table, you are not. I think if you're the Knicks, given what he means to you, not getting the value, you're just not. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, Knicks fans? Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and protein-plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurants 
drive-up delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. On that note, I'm very curious to see where you go with I think I know where you're going to go with this one, but we'll see. Game ball. Okay, let me take a deep breath. Here are the candidates that Mr. Uh, Claudio has so graciously written for us. <clears throat> Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Quentin Grimes, Josh Hart, Emmanuel Quickly, Isaiah Hartenstein, Obi Toppin, Deuce McBride, Derek Rose, Evan Fortier, Tom Thibodeau, Leon Rose, Brock Aller, Walt Perrin, William Wesley, um, I believe it's say James the name. Dolan. Yes. Yeah. James Dolan. Kendrick Perkins and Giancarlo Navas, our friend from Miami. Uh, you have the honor, Jeremy. Mm. Uh, I mean, everyone. Everyone. Even you, Giancarlo. You know, congrats on making the cut, I guess. Uh, I, I mean, I already shouted out Randall, shouted out quickly, all deserving. Obviously, Brunson is deserving. Um, I'm going to show love to RJ Barrett because even if he's not at the top of this list, and I I don't mean that to say is like, yeah, but it it gets lost in the fold. What he adds that wrinkle that he adds to the offense, the ability to drive, to score, to just open up so much of what they need. He locked in defensively. They had the stop on Tatum. That was huge um, to, to force it. It just, it gets lost in the fray. And I know we've talked about him as kind of the, is he going to be the piece that gets you the next piece? And quite frankly, we can talk about that conversation later. Uh, we will talk about that conversation later. Right now it's completely moot to me because he's not going anywhere this season. And, and that's great because he's adding something of value. So I just want to shout him out. Cause I feel like I have been harder on him than I usually might be. Because I still am a huge fan of his. It's just, it's the consistency. That's all I want is just consistency. And what, he scored 14 points, right? In the first quarter against Miami? Be, uh, no, against Boston. Boston. Yeah. Big, big, important. big Incredibly big, important. important points. Yeah. So he had it going. And um, really great to see from RJ. So he's my guy. I can't believe this is going to happen, but... Uh... Emmanuel quickly is not going to get a game ball um, because I'm going to give it to Julius Randall. And in the same spirit as you gave it to RJ, I'm going to give it to Julius. Um, I said what I said uh, after the Miami game the other night about, and you referenced it. I'm not going to repeat it, but like, I, I think there were a lot of content creators out there who were probably hard on Julius Randall. I, I was one of them. And, um, for him to have a game, like again, think about this player who is going to be, I'm pretty sure at this point, a two time All NBA player. Which, if you could just brush that off, uh, basketball reference is right there for you. Uh, if anybody needs it, go, you could organize, you could sort the list by players who have made multiple All NBA teams in their career. It's not as long a list as you'd think it is. And boy, are there some names on there that you're like, wow, that only got that guy only made one all NBA team. That guy only made two all NBA teams. Julius Randle could add himself to that list. And I say that to emphasize the fact that my two cents, this is the best game of his career in Miami. And um, it was an absolutely um, massive game. Uh, It would have been for me. And I think, I don't know about for the Knicks. They're very resilient. But for me, at least, it would have been very devastating if they lost that game after the way they had played the game um, and how well they had played. And like, you know, um, and to lose to Miami would have been so disappointing. And just we don't have to worry about any of that because Julius made that freaking shot. And um, for as much as Emmanuel quickly did something in Boston that I'll I'll shout out uh, today's newsletter. I went and and did the research on how many players in in the history of the league had 
put up the stat line that Emmanuel quickly put up in terms of points, rebounds, assists, and no turnovers, um, it's a it's not a long list. And if we throw in he got four steals, it's a really short list. Um, with all due respect to him, had an amazing game, the game of his career so far. Uh, I'm giving it to Julius Randle. So, congratulations to him, RJ Barrett. Congratulations to everybody. Um, detention. Another week off. I, it's a, it's a, good to me. The, the cobwebs are starting to form in the old detention room, and that is absolutely okay with me and with us. And now we get to... Are we doing another game ball per the instructions quickly? Oh. Um, Andrew wants... This yeah, is actually you your opportunity. Okay, yeah. Two, you go, two go more first, because you can now give out the game ball sure. that you wanted to. Emmanuel quickly, and I'll just say... Uh, in the in the spirit of that uh, stat that I was referencing, players in NBA history with uh, 38 points, what was it, 8 rebounds and 7 assists or 7 rebounds and 8 assists? I think it was 8 rebounds, 7 assists. Mm-hmm. Um, four, steals four steals and uh, one or fewer turnovers. Michael Jordan did it twice. Uh, the Pistons, Isaiah Thomas did it once. Gary Payton did it once. Carmelo Malone did it once. And now, Emmanuel quickly did it. So he'll get my other game ball. Uh, my other game ball will be going to Josh Hart. Ah, I love it. There was just a closeout he had that I was so impressed by in that Celtics game. Um, nine and zero since he was acquired. Uh, quick side story though. I wonder if, uh, as you know, shout out to Josh Hart. I'm sure he's making a huge impact. Um, I can't help but wonder if I'm actually responsible for this win streak. <laughs> so uh, for context. The night of the Sixers game, I was with uh, four friends. Uh, most of them listen to the pod, so I'll, I'll shout them out. Uh, Jordan, Ethan, Isaac, and Josh. Congrats, guys. Um, we did this thing. John, there's no way you would have heard of it, but it's called um, a Borg. B-O-R-G. Would you like to know what it stands for? Sure. It's called a Blackout Rage Gallon. So basically, you take a gallon of water and you dump out a cup of it and then you put a cup of alcohol into it and you put um, like crystal light or lemonade or some sort of packet and you drink the whole gallon. I'm 28 next month. And basically the way that you operate is you just keep drinking it. So we did it for the Sixers game and we finished right when the Sixers game ended. When the Sixers game ended, that was the start of a new leaf where the Knicks turned it over. So I'm not saying we drank the Knicks into a nine-game winning streak so far, but I'm not not saying it. So, uh, if it's not, if, if I can't be vain, I'll go with Josh Hart. You should get the game ball. Um, which leads us to uh, your real prize. Um, and again, my, what has once again become my house of horrors, not that I'm complaining, <laughs> no. predictions. Uh, so, Jeremy won the week after giving me the opportunity to take 4-0 and I said it last week and I stand by it. I took two and two, and I said, if they went 4-0, I'll be thrilled, and I am thrilled for as much as it stinks to lose. You are now 10-7. and seven. I am 7-10. and 10. Um, I think we're at the point where if you win one more week, you guarantee yourself at least a tie? Is yes, that maybe, that's correct. Is that accurate? Okay. Um, here's the week. Charlotte, Tuesday at home, and then we start the West Coast, West Coast road trip, Thursday at Sacramento, and then back-to-back in L.A. over the weekend. We'll have some more to say about the Clipper game in a minute on Saturday. Um, that's a 4 o'clock start, um, uh, 10 o'clock start for Sacramento. That's a TNT game. And then Sunday, 9 o'clock ESPN. What do you got? Well, John, um, my head says 2-2. Two and two. Mm. My heart says 3-1. and one. I'm going with three and one because I I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I picked two and two and they went three and one or four and oh. I can I I'm okay with losing if they go two and two. I'd prefer it if they didn't, but um, I couldn't do the opposite. So, as you said in the pod last uh, the the post game, three and one and uh, two and two is yours for the taking if you don't take four and oh. I'm thinking. It's the Monty Hall problem, right? Where it's like you pick door number one, and then you have a chance to like change your answer, right? And it's—I forget. Actually, I shouldn't have even opened this door. No pun intended. Um, if it's mathematically advantageous to switch your answer at that, I think it is mathematically advantageous to switch your answer at that point. Um, 
I don't know if that's relevant at all. I don't even know why I brought that up. <laughs> I'm not switching my answer. I'm going with. I'm doubling, tripling down. I'm going yeah. two and two again. Um, and again, same thing again. If they go four and zero, and we're sitting here a week talking about a four a thirteen game winning streak, then again, I, I, levitating doesn't even say how, how I'll be feeling. Um, but I'll go with two and two because since you took three and one. Okay. On that note, before we finish up. Jeremy Cohen, some quick announcements. Yes, we got two really exciting announcements. The first is we are going to open up our playback to everyone in honor of the nine game winning streak that's currently going on. We want as many people to join in on the fun as possible. So you're listening to this most likely on Tuesday, March 7th. Uh, if you are today, tonight, we are watching the Hornets game. Come by. It's a lot of fun. We have a blast. Um, we just look for the wanna... link on Twitter. Yes. Link will be posted on Twitter. Um, so that'll be that. And then speaking of events, we're really excited about our in-person event on the Saturday, March 11th at Penn six on 32nd street. Right, John 30, 31 West 32nd 30, is that the address. Uh, it's on 31st uh, between sixth and seventh. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, you can find it on Twitter. You can, I'm sure John will mention it in the newsletter. It will it will be abound. But what's really fun is we're actually going to be doing a raffle. And it's free. All you have to do is show up. No money. Costs you nothing. Except your time and the fun that you get to spend with us. Uh, we're basically going to give a raffle ticket to each person. With that said, if you tag Nick's Film School on Instagram in your story, you get another ticket. If you shout us out on Twitter, you get another, tic- uh, another ticket. We are not on TikTok, I believe. So uh, I, as of right now, that is not an option. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I, if we are, we, we'll let you know yeah. at the time. Um, the point is, we want to give away as many raffle tickets as possible. So like, yes. if you come if you come and you're cool with like whoring yourself out um, on social media and showing how much you love the Knicks and that you're partying with Knicks Film School, you're going to get a lot of chances to win some... Uh, we're not revealing cool it now, right? We're they're cool. Yeah. Trust me, you're going to want to be here for the stuff that we're giving away. It's um, including a grand prize that is. I'll, I'm just going to. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be vague and I'm going to say you're going to want the grand prize. And it'll be uh, one ticket per like media, right? So, like, you show up, you get one. You post on Twitter once, you get another. You post on Instagram your story once, you can't like post multiple times your story to get multiple tickets, blah, blah, blah. We're gonna have a blast. We're really excited to see people, and uh, let's let's John. Let's try to stretch us to thirteen. Start with ten, <laughs> move our way to eleven. Hopefully, get to twelve for the watch party, and get to thirteen from there. That would be great. If we if they could take care of business against the Hornets, which again don't take any game for granted in the NBA in two thousand twenty two twenty three. Yep. If they could take care of business against the Hornets. And they could win that Sacramento game, which I am. That is, again, I think that's going to be a tough game. And if they could go in to Saturday, I I, I don't even want to say the words. I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it. Um, Penn six, 31st uh, and seventh on, um, on Saturday. Come uh, game starts at four. We'll start getting there uh, by three 30. If not earlier, we'll be up in the lounge down at the bar for overflow. Just come. Um, It's going to be a great time. Jeremy Cohen. Thank you, sir. Always. This done. was good. Yes, it was. This was fun. Yes. Um, it's great to be Nick Finn right now. And it's even better to talk about this team because we have the best fans in the world listening um, to us. So thank you, everybody, for checking out another episode of the Next Film School podcast. Don't forget, if you dig the show, um, really, we appreciate everybody who takes the time to give us a five-star rating. Even more so if you take the time to write a review. Um, if you... Like what we do here, the without question, the best way that you could help us out is is those five star ratings and the review. It, it it doesn't take you long, and like it helps get exposure out there for us. We uh, we snuck into the top ten of basketball podcasts in the country, top one hundred sports podcasts in the country this week, which is wild. Um, so you know, if if you like seeing the podcast that you like, you know, get to those places. Help us get even higher, and um, you know, rising tide lifts all ships. I think so. I got one uh, request. Thanks. One, one yes. real quick. If you're listening to this, and there is at least one friend 
if you love this pod and there's at least one friend you know of who does not know about Nick's film school, just tell them. It'd be cool. We just want to keep growing the community. So, uh, yeah. But everyone, thank you. Stay cute. Stay safe. (laughs) Let's go next. That's it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.